0: Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f a i t h. Now, here are the friars. Hello everyone. Welcome. Father Anthony Tinker here with Father Peter Teresa. Hello, everybody! Good it to is be with all of you. So good to be with you once again uh, for our Become Fire podcast. Um, we, are, if you want to, you can now find us uh, on Spotify. Spotify, which is very exciting, and um, you can start getting them regularly on Apple. Um, Dan's going to help you do that. and Even be on Apple, I think, is our hope, is our yeah, goal one for day. Sure. Uh, but that's very exciting. So things are uh, thanks to great producers and great technology. Things are moving forward. Um, this is an exciting episode. This is our first listener idea episode. Yeah, our first uh, first request, request episode. episode. Yeah. So, but just to encourage people, if you do want to request an episode, go to info at becomefire.faith and send us uh, an email saying, hey, we'd really like you to do an episode on this subject. And we'll certainly take that to prayer. Also, any fun questions. You're like, hey, I want to know Father Peter Teresa's favorite football team or something along those lines. That's an easy one. But uh, you want to know a fun question?
1: Uh, you can give us some ideas. We'd love to uh, put those in the repertoire for fun I questions. feel like everyone is just wondering what my favorite football team is. So just to like, so everyone pays attention to us. The podcast is not distracted by my favorite football team. I'm just going to tell you straight up that it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, black and gold. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, back we're to sorry.
0: I apologize to all of you for that information. Forgive me. <laughs> okay. So we're uh, the request was for The Chosen. Um, the Chosen is a... A film series that's being done by Dallas Jenkins. Dallas Jenkins is an evangelical uh, whose father actually wrote the Left Behind series, the famous Left Behind series. Oh, that's right. And so he's involved in a Harvest Bible. Uh, he's an evangelical Protestant. Been doing this Chosen series. Season one came out. Last year, it's been a crowd funded one of the largest crowd funded video projects yeah, no, that, are, that have been wildly successful. They did eight yeah. episodes. First season, they've just started the second season, which is what well, I think what inspired this podcast. Uh, we're going to do this one on the third season, and maybe at the end of second season, we'll do one. Um, and it's going to be one episode. We're going to do our best to kind of break down. But for the let's start with the home runs. Yeah. What do we really think? Maybe, sorry, sorry, let's, before, let's get overall impression.
1: Yeah. What's your impression of The Chosen? Uh, my overall impression of The Chosen, I think it was. I think it was like last year, right as like the pandemic happened, we were just kind of holed up and someone told us about it. And so we were, you know, quarantined watching it. And um, overall, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. There was, uh, I think a lot of, it's It's certainly a provocative take on the scriptures. It's, they're certainly trying to be a fresh take, uh, a unique take, trying to um, introduce the 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 stories of the gospel and the person of Jesus in a, in kind of a new way using the new, the new medias. And so, uh, but I found, um, it to be overall, um, very, really well, well really well done, um, uh, well-produced, well-acted, um, enjoyed it and just, uh, some good, some good food and good fodder for, for, for prayer. And so overall, I, 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 I enjoyed watching it for sure.
0: Yeah. For me, if I had to scale things, if the passion of the Christ is my, like, I wept and it led me to prayer <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it like changed the way i pray about those imageries. Yeah. um this I, I think would move to a a, a a degree in which i like teared up a couple times yeah well, and i thought about it occasionally in prayer yeah. so it's 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 not it's on the good scale of things i didn't feel it's not heretical like i didn't feel like scandalized by it it gave me some food for thought for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it teared me up a couple of times, but not, not, I, sure. so not at that yeah. level, but still something I think very beautiful for the church. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's, it's, it's doing a good work. I will,
0: absolutely. Uh, let's talk about what, what are the home runs. Mm-hmm. What do we think, in our opinion, is our opinion, uh, were the, really the things that they did very well? So give me your first home run, either person or scene that really
1: you're like, wow, I think they did that really well. So I think, I just want to say first and foremost, like, spoiler alert. Like, if you've never seen season one, like, we're about to just, like, talk all about it. So if, you, if you've never seen season one, like, spoiler alert, here we go. We're just going to start. And
0: you can't watch them all for free. They're all yeah. on YouTube. Go type in yeah. The Chosen you know or the chosen oh, yeah, episode sure. 1 yeah. you can watch it uh, uh, it's it's for free it's out there if you want to watch for episodes for listening to this but thank you for that
1: yeah for sure and so i think my first like home run where i was like oh wow that was really great that was really beautiful um, was the the final scene of episode 1 um episode one's like a really long episode it kind of drags they're really setting the stage um for what they're about to do and so it can be um a little tedious to get through the first episode but but they end it in this really beautiful way where where mary magdalene has been suffering through um just demonic possession and the lord comes and finds her basically like a pub um she's about to like you know have a drink and the lord comes and and, and, and delivers her from that and, and, uh, and calls her by name. And so uh, just this very beautiful scene of the Lord coming to this woman, calling her by name, which, um, which I found really beautiful because to, to, to frame that encounter of Jesus with Mary Magdalene by, by calling her by her name— um, then uh, all because then when you think then at the end of the gospels which we're meditating upon right now the resurrection accounts that that mary magdalene is in the garden and she's weeping and she's beside herself and she thinks the lord is a gardener um but then jesus calls her by name he says mary and she recognizes him um so to to make that a part of how she meets the lord um you can kind of see how then they're going to use that again probably in the end of season 8 where she meets the lord again after the resurrection and so um, just a really beautiful encounter um well done you're talking about scenes that like made you tear up i guess i can you know admit that uh, i felt some feelings during that scene and uh, you know had to maybe uh, pretend that someone was cutting some onions in the kitchen and uh, and uh, but no that was a that was a home run scene for me the the lord encountering mary magdalene and, and delivering her of of the demons
0: yeah i agree and you know we don't know much about mary magdalene there's a lot of conjecture we know that she was delivered of seven demons yeah we know a lot post jesus so we know she the lord appears to her and then we know she ends up in france and becomes one of the main evangelists Mm -hmm. in france that's where actually her body is Um, as far as there's conjecture was this the woman who actually was caught in adultery and reached out so there's, there's some tradition that says that so i found it interesting that they didn't go with that you know, that that this kind of one of the streams of thought is this is the woman who was caught in adultery, thrown yeah. in the circle. And Jesus says, he was without sin, cast the first stone. And she reaches out. Yeah. And then from that deliverance. Now, we don't know if this is Mary Magdalene. And so they don't go that route. So I do wonder what they're going to do with that woman. I do think that'll be a prominent yeah, scene yeah, no, that'll be, in yeah. The Chosen. So yeah. really interesting. Also with me, interesting that you thought the episode one uh, dragged. I, that was my favorite episode. Okay, I found yeah. it very intriguing because yeah. they are introducing these four different characters. You know, Peter and Nicodemus and Matthew and Mary Magdalene. You're getting their interaction. Yeah, I found it very intriguing. Yeah, um, the first home run I want to talk about for me is just the character of Peter. Mm-hmm. I think I thought they did that very well, um, and it, it's interesting because they just get this whole dynamic of Peter. Peter, you know, the this gambler. Peter, this drinker, Peter, this guy who's back, backed up on taxes, who's—he who's, wants to, like, take care of his family. And they catch him fishing on the Sabbath. And, and so they, the, the reason that um, they fish on the Sabbath is because they don't have to pay taxes. or they're, they're, The Romans don't guard on that, so they're, they're trying to avoid paying taxes. So they catch him. They're, they're basically trying to say, hey, you're avoiding paying taxes. And he says, I'll turn into the fishermen who are fishing on the Sabbath. So that you, you know, if you don't turn me in, you know, if I don't go to jail. Yeah, right. And so he makes this deal with the Romans, um, which we don't know anything about. That's just, this is just their conjecture. They're making. Yeah. They're up.
1: just um, fabricating a backstory for the sake of narrative and drama that it works.
0: And yet he doesn't turn any other fishermen, which I just found this like intriguing. He's like, he wants to, you he he's like trying to convince himself to do it. But everybody's like, you don't turn in Jews to Romans. And, he, and at the end of the day, his heart convicts him. Where in the one sense, he's like, I'm willing to do this. It's for my family. He's trying to convince himself. At the end of the day, the deep down, he's got this virtue, this deep virtue um, that, that inspires him. He's totally convicted. Um, I'm going to talk about my take two because another home run scene, I think, yeah. is w- the call of Peter. Yeah. Where there's this miraculous catch of fish. He's been fishing all night. Um, they make it like he owes all this money. If he right. doesn't pay the money, he's going to jail because he doesn't, he owes all these taxes. He needs and this miraculous he needs mir- catch. He's, he Otherwise fishes, he's going to jail. He fishes all night to try and catch enough fish to pay yeah. off his debts, and he can't get it. He's caught nothing, shows up the next day. And the next morning, there's Jesus teaching on the shore. He said, throw your fish in. He, uh, so throw your net in, catches the fish. It's a miraculous catch of fish. Zebedee and his sons come help him. And then he just beautifully falls on his knees and says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Yeah. Which we know from the scriptures, right? The very, very right. biblical um, saying of Peter. And Peter, uh, and and Jesus says, come follow me. Yeah. You know, follow yeah. me. And then from there, they have this Peter, the like the protector, where Peter's right. always going around. He's trying to like, like Jesus talking to a big of a crowd. He's like, what's our escape route? You know, yeah. at the wedding, he's kind of like, like trying to make, check what's Jesus doing? Yeah. Like, how am I going to take care of him? He's always this, this, uh, you see him as a leader of the apostles, which I think did a, did a well, well, a good job of. Um, but you also see this guy who is, um, he got a lot of character. He's just got a lot of personality, mm-hmm. which I think Peter did. Peter was a leader. Peter yeah. was a man who had that that alpha personality, that go-get him. The same guy who can you know take off his uh, you know his clothes and jump into water, go swim after Jesus because he yeah. sees him on shore, and the same guy who can deny him three times. Yeah. Just this strong personality. Yeah. I think they're getting a good grasp. We'll yeah. see what they do with the next few episodes or the right. next few seasons. But I think thus far
1: they've done a really good job with Peter. And he's the. I mean, he's the apostle that like the scriptures talk about the most, so it's it's the most easy to draw a character sketch of him from the gospels because there's so many stories that talk about Peter, his response, and so we can get it. He's the one apostle that you can really get a sense of his personality a little bit. Um, the other, a lot of the apostles, we hardly know anything about, and so I think they are doing a good job at capturing him. And I, I think it's so interesting too that like we we meet Peter and he's willing to sell out other Jews, um, to, to the Romans, uh, but then he doesn't, um, but then like, but then we fast forward to the end of, end of his, his walk with the Lord, uh, on, on the night of Holy Thursday, we're like, he says, he's not going to sell the Lord out. Um, but then he does um so you kind of so you, so it's just interesting how they're kind of like setting up these parallel things and and uh but no i think i think the call of peter was a great scene um cuz you you get a sense of of peter trying to do the right thing but he's 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 justifying the ends he's justifying his means by the ends and and he's kind of getting caught up in, and he is sinning he's not He's not keeping the Shabbat. He's not keeping Sabbath. And so when the Lord finally breaks into his life, he's just confronted with all of his human weakness, all of his human failure. And he, and he just, that cry, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Like, you're the Messiah. Like, like you don't know who I am. You don't know who you're calling. And so they do a really great job of just capturing that scene of, of we all feel that way. We all feel like, Lord, you don't know who I am. You don't know, like, why are you calling me? And so, um, yeah, I just oh, that was a great scene as well.
0: All right, let's do one more home run each.
1: Great. What's your next home run? Um my next home run. So the the miraculous catch um so i would say my next home run is the call of matthew yeah um so so what what they do with the character of matthew is really really interesting um and and that, that's really cool and, and and you know we could talk about that at length that their decision to to put matthew sort of on the the, the spectrum of, of of autism which is um i think really speaking to a lot of people but uh and so they do a great job building up to that, where he's just this social pariah, in which he would have been as a tax collector, and he's alienated from his family and the rest of the community, and and um, you know the Romans don't really like him, and he's uh, he's very very odd and, and quirky, and um, and the Lord just calls him, and just how shocking it was to everyone else, like the like Peter and the rest of the apostles, and uh, and just. Matthew just responding to that, just so immediately as the scriptures really just capture for us that that he left his post, he left his post as a tax collector and followed the Lord, and just how dramatic and how radical um, and how life altering that would have been, and so um, which is a very famous scene depicted in art, um, and I thought their depiction of it was was true, authentic, rang real, and so I, I loved it.
0: Yeah, very interesting how you know, they put him on the spectrum for autism. Uh, you see him kind of, all these gifts, very intelligent, but yeah. odd, you yeah. know? Um, and so an interesting portrayal. Yeah. I don't think accurate, but interesting. Yeah. And and I, I did really enjoy, um, they have him spying on Peter, Yeah, right? So Peter's got these tax issues and they got Matthew like spying on him. And, and it's through this spying on Peter is where he sees his miraculous catch of fish. And then he sees these other miracles and he's like, "Oh my goodness! Yeah, like something's happening, and I want to be a part of it." And then he to, he actually goes and talks to his mom. He's like, been kicked out of his house. His mom's like, "If your dad was here, I wouldn't let you in, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I'll let you in to talk." And he's like, "My whole world's falling apart." He's seeing Jesus yeah. do these things, and he's seeing miraculous. And this man—he's all logic. He's all yeah. And it, they have a couple of characters like this. Thomas is another one. I'm mm-hmm. all numbers. I'm all logic. Like, and then this miraculous. You know, why? You know, water turning to wine. This miraculous catch of fish. There's a miraculous leper, uh, cripple being healed. And it just breaks these guys' worldviews. And they respond to a cult, respond to an invitation. Um, and that leads to me for my next, next home run. I think the, he, the healing of the cripple yeah. on the mat. Yeah. And I think really it was, there's two aspects of it that really struck me. One was they're trying to get into the crowd. They're like trying, his friends are trying to carry him in. And they ask Mary Magdalene's help. Uh, please help us to get to Jesus. You're his friend, help us. And she's all like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I, there's no way through. The crowds are too big. And, uh, and then the, the, like, the guy looks at her and he's all like, what would you do if you were in my place? And they're like, let's go to the roof. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the cripple convicts like, her heart. She's yeah. like, and Mary Magdalene's like, I was in your place. Yeah. Like, I know how it feels. Yeah. And, and then she, it's like this, this beautiful, this cripple who's like, if there's any way to get to them, I, I have to get to them. Yeah. And then they're like, they're breaking down the roof, you know, which is this kind of traumatic, historically that wouldn't, they're like breaking like through wood. It would have been like more pe- peeling tiles, I think is what I've sure. read of, about how that Jewish house would have been. But And then they're just lowering them down and this healing of this cripple. Um, and they make it real dramatic where the, 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 the Romans are there, you know, the, the religious leaders are there. And it's a very dramatic scene. But I do, just the the this cripple being lowered down. And this woman who's his friend, who's seen Jesus heal lepers, like, I will do anything for my friend. And these people are caring. I'm like, whatever it takes, take it to Jesus. Yeah. And it's really convicting me. of like, there's yeah. sometimes in our lives, it's like, whatever it takes. There might be obstacles, might be blocks, standing over where we feel Jesus calling us, where everything he is leading us. And like, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Yeah.
1: No, they th- that is, I mean, just generally speaking, it's it's something that they do so so well in season one is they capture... Just the desperation of the human need for Jesus, um, and then just Jesus's encounter with these people in really desperate situations, and and uh, it's very very it's that that's I think that's probably the strength that that they get. Let's do some strikeouts. Sure. So, yeah. and by strikeout, what do I mean? I, I
0: don't. I didn't find anything heretical, as if somehow this is. You know uh a, a something that we I could disassociate. I have to dissociate with there's some things I think that might be touching in that direction. I got to see where they're going, yeah, but' as so far nothing heretical, so I'm not saying we're not saying strike out like they got it wrong, but strike out i just, we just don't think they portrayed it as well as they could have, or in my opinion, just isn't how it would have been or how this right, character would have right, been. Right. so what for you
1: is one of the strikeouts of the episodes um for me, I think. The biggest strikeout for me, uh, is is when they try to not when they try to, but when they um, when they depict a scene from the gospel of John in particular. Um, so I just have to like admit up front that like John is my favorite gospel. Um and 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 so it's um and so I feel like they don't quite capture the essence of those scenes as well. And in particular, I'm thinking of how the season ends with the woman at the well is, is one in particular where um, that the encounter begins very much uh, the same way it does with others, and it's very powerful, and the Lord is speaking to her. But um, just I think how they portray that dialogue um, is they— they don't quite get the heart of what Jesus is really saying, particularly about worshiping in spirit and in truth, and and how the the implication seems to be that like it doesn't really matter where you worship, and and um, which which is not quite what that what is happening there. That that yes, that like the Christian worship is going to um not be bound to the temple, um, but. But it's not just then some spiritual place that can um or just, just something that happens just individually between Jesus and the believer. That that space is still important, that community is still important. And so um I feel like it can tend towards um not necessarily a Catholic understanding of, of what like what worship in spirit and in truth might mean. So so for me, that was um that would be a quote unquote strikeout for me. I agree. Yeah.
0: I just they do a good job with the humanity of Jesus.
1: Yeah. I think that they're
0: touching on divinity. I don't want to say they get entirely wrong, but right. I just feel like these dialogues that that we don't have a sacramental theology. Yes, when you don't have the tradition, yeah. we don't have an understanding of uh, of that as we do, I uh, just this long history with with the Trinitarian theology and, and this particularly the um, this God becoming the Eucharist, right. And, and then right. John pointing to the Eucharist, yeah. pointing to what he knows because he's writing in the in 90, he knows the early church, he's writing back and reflecting yeah. upon these after lots of thoughts, lots of prayer, it's right. all bringing, and these dialogues are just pointing to the God man, mm-hmm. to God, div, that God became divine. I'm yeah. uh, uh, sorry, that, that the divine became human, that God became incarnate. Yeah. And, and these really pull out the divinity of Jesus, and I think they they miss them. They just don't, you just don't get it like you do with just reading the scriptures. Yeah. Um. For me, uh, one of my strikeouts, um, it's just, I, I feel like, this Mary Magdalene with the apostles role, yeah. it's a little strange to me. Um, she's not an apostle. right? We just got to lay it out from the very beginning yeah. that she was not called in the same way they were called. Right. That we, she was following around, helping, providing out of her needs. But in that regard, there were many people following Jesus. We know there are more than just the 12 because he goes up on a mountain, he prays, he comes back down and he picks 12. We know there's over 72 because he sends 72 out right, to, be, to minister two by two. Right, so we know there's a, there's a large group, and those seventy two were men based on our tradition. Mm-hmm. So there's right. oh, probably will probably hundred with some women and, yeah. who are helping out with the needs. And, and I just feel it just it seems as if they're putting Mary Magdala on the same level as the apostles. Like it's, it's that she's called in the same way. Yeah, um, I'm not saying they're doing this, but it's just got this implication um, of of more than just she's like equal level with the apostles. And according to tradition, she's not. The 12 apostles are the 12 apostles. These are the initial bishops. These are the founders of the church, Peter being the head, and the other apostles, these are the bishops flowing out from that. Um, The church is founded on St. Peter, on the rock. Um, And and Mary Magdala, though an important disciple, though a saint, um, though an evangelist, um, is just not on the same level. And it feels like they touch too much on her and her role with the apostles in that regard that she's called, that her calling is of an equal level or to the same degree
1: but she's not ordained she's not a minute priest yeah no I I I totally agree with that and just to sort of like to give a nod to like um, to that that Mary Magdalene seemingly had a unique and special relationship with the Lord much like Lazarus and Martha and Mary would have had Um, and and we know that there were people outside the 12 that that were close to the Lord but but they do seem uh, yeah I I think like for me it, it is reflective of of just a a non Catholic understanding of of vocation and being called, um, that we are all called to be disciples. We are all called to follow the Lord. Um, but that calling then is then reflective in our state in life. That that some as Catholics, you know, some people get married. Um, some people have have jobs in the secular realm and, and are called to influence that. And then some people are called to be, you know, sisters and nuns and religious, and and some of them are called to be priests and. And that there is um like the the church is hierarchical, there's an ordering to it, and that that Christ is the head of the body, which is the church, um, and that those who are ordained um, are configured to the head and and the rest of the the members of the church are the rest of the body um, and so and so yeah, there are um that there are different kinds of callings, and that the twelve were a unique calling, that that Jesus intentionally called twelve men to represent the twelve tribes of Israel that had been lost. And so, he is now regathering the twelve tribes and, and represented in these twelve men, and and that they are going to be then sent out to, to the world to, to evangelize and, and to preach the good news. And so... So, yeah, they do seem to just equate that all callings are kind of on the same playing field, same level. And, and I think you're right that that uh, for me, that would also be a swing and a miss.
0: All right. Give me one more. One more strikeout in your regard. Uh, what is, what's your next swing and a miss
1: from this first uh, season? Um, so, so again, it's, it's back to the Gospel of John. When they do the Gospel of John, I, I you know, it, it doesn't ring as true for me. And so uh, the very first time that we meet... Um, Mary, the mother of God, Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, is at the wedding feast of Cana, which is a scene from the Gospel of John. And um, and so for me, uh, Mary comes across as, um, as as very motherly, very loving. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the, the, the motherhood and how, is, is very, very true. But um, just, um, you know, what we believe about Mary as Catholics, that she's, she comes across as a little, almost like too, like pedestrian almost, um, that. That this woman was deeply, deeply sanctified, that this woman was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, that this person um, contemplated the face of God and Jesus for 30 years, and how, and she was immaculately conceived. And so uh, that, that she would have been markedly different than the rest of the community. And so, um, so, so, they, they, so I think they, they, they and they misportray, I think, the the deep, deep sanctity that Mary would have possessed and imbued, and had been um, just discernibly obvious to the to the community.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't know how you can portray her well. Yeah, um, as the it's, mother it's very difficult. That she's the mother of God, she's immaculately yeah. conceived. But I do. It's, you know as far as the writing goes. Yeah. Um, it, you just, I just feel that she, she, every time something happened, she that was of God, she put pondered in her heart. Yeah. Like she's just as contemplative, um she's quiet, yeah she's and not to say, you know, but but it, I mean the prophet' it's like no no word spoken falls to the ground. I just feel that like with Mary, like everything she spoke was of utmost importance, and you just see her kind of speaking some you know just friend, friendly comments, which are nice, and not that she yeah. not that she would never greet somebody, but um as far as you just don't get that that. This woman of contemplation, mm-hmm. this woman of sanctity, yes, um, that that uh, in, in the portrayal of her. Yeah. So, I agree with that. So, final, uh, I guess, thought um, for me for strikeout um, was I, I. I just I didn't like that. It felt like all the miracles are now are dealing are like Jesus dealing with people's problems. Mm. And why am I saying this? I I just feel like we have this moralistic therapeutic D t- mm. God. Of, like, Jesus the therapist. Yeah. It's like, oh, Peter, the reason I'm giving you all this fish is because you have tax problems. Yeah. Like, oh, Thomas, the reason I'm turning water into wine is because there wasn't enough, w- is because you would have a bad reputation if this happened. Like, I'm here to solve the problem of you having a bad reputation. Right. And um, it, it just, it, it, and not to say these aren't nice backstories to think about yeah. for Thomas and for Peter and, and for these guys, but at the same time, like, I, I just don't want to move into Jesus the therapist. Like, Jesus, like he's there to make me feel good. He's there to help solve all my problems yeah. mentality. I'm not saying they're doing that. I'm not saying, you know, cause because I'm reading it in a certain way, in a certain light right. in the midst of a, of a society that wants Jesus the therapist. And so I'm just speaking against that to say, Jesus is not your therapist. And sometimes the miracles are just gracious gifts, mm-hmm. just grace. Yeah. Like the miraculous fish isn't necessarily because Peter had tax problems, but just because God wants to be generous. Yeah. And it's not there to be your therapist, not there to solve your problems, but because he's God. And he loves you and wants to be in relationship with you, and so these are to draw these things to draw us into relationship with him
1: that's I hadn't thought about that. that's really interesting. that's really good. Um, that they do create scenarios that are very dramatic, and these people have like very serious worldly problems that jesus is is solving um, and that, that yeah we can it can I can see what you're saying that it would create then this mindset that like um, where Jesus is going to fix all my problems and, and very often that like um, we, and we just endure a lot of suffering in this life. And, 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 and the cross, he, he tells us to take up our cross daily and follow him. And so um, there's certainly a balance that needs to be struck there that I think you're pointing to. All right,
0: we are winding down on a couple minutes left, but I, I do think we do want to say very importantly, you can do this at home. Amen. And what do I mean by this? Ignatian, uh Ignatian spirituality yeah. is to take the scriptures and put yourself inside of them. If this is nice food for thought. It's nice reflection. But more importantly, and I hope this does, does this for you, is that you go and you put yourself in these scenes and you pray through them. And by praying through them, you're not just thinking about the movie, mm-hmm. but you're actually like allowing yourself to think of the backstory of Peter. That What put him on the shore that day? What would you be like if you were sitting in the boat? What do you, what happens? And, and you put yourself in these scenes and you allow yourself to be, allow the scriptures to speak to you. Right. So hopefully this inspires you to go read the Bible, put yourself in the scenes and allow yourself to do this kind of imaginative thinking and let God work through them yeah. um, to put
1: you in deeper touch with the reality of his word. Yeah, that our imagination is a gift from God. Um, and that it is one of the avenues that God wants to speak to us through, and so that I think the scriptures can seem so distant from people and so unrelatable. And I think one of the the things that's capturing people is now all of a sudden like they can really relate to the scenes that are being portrayed, and but. But yes, that that please pick up your Bible, pick up the Gospels, um, put the words of of people's questions in your own mouths and in your hearts, and, and and say them to Lord. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and and allow what Jesus says to actually speak to you personally. That that you can personally interact with Jesus in the Scriptures, and that that's living word, and He will speak to you through it. So, amen to that.
0: Amen. And so, for our fun question, just because we're out of time, and we've talked about the chosen, yeah. Um. I want to talk about what is our favorite religiously themed movie. Now uh, we're going to take the Passion of the Christ off the table because I think we would both say our favorite religiously themed our movie about Jesus is the Passion of the Christ. So based on Old Testament scriptures, New Testament scriptures, the saints, religiously themed hmm. movie, what is your
1: favorite? So I am a sucker for musicals, yeah, and uh, so I I just have to go with the Prince of Egypt. Oh yeah. Um, I, I love the music in there. Um, you know, or, you know, maybe we could do an episode on the Prince of Egypt and, and how that might not be exactly representative of Exodus, but um but I love it. I love the music, I love the drama. Um, I love the parting of the Red Sea and it's a part of my childhood. And I don't care what everyone says I love the Prince of Egypt.
0: Deliver us. Amen to that, yeah. I'm allowed to do that. Sorry, I'm gonna get uh, the the bots are gonna come yeah, after me for just- saying that. But uh, you know, this is this is you took one. That was a good one. I think there's a lot. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, you got the Scarlet and the Black, you know, you've got mm-hmm. Gods and Men, you've got all these great Catholic movies, mm. but I'm going to go with The Mission. Mm. Uh, it's been a while, I'll admit, since I saw it, yeah. but it definitely impacted me. We watched it in school growing up and just this beautiful, this, this man who does penance, yeah. that beautiful scene when he's like carrying around the armor because he killed his own brother. More spoiler and, alerts for people. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alerts. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, they, like the, the one guy like cuts it off, like, yeah. you're done, you're done. And he's all like, he climbs down a cliff. Cause it like, he throws the, like this armor that he's carrying around his back, like off a cliff. Yeah. He comes all the way down, like ties it back on himself and carries it back out. Cause it's like his penance isn't done yet. Yeah. Like he's in, and, 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 and he's just, it's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. This beautiful mission work being a missionary. Um, so highly recommend those movies. Amen. Many blessings down upon all of you. Would you close Amen. into a quick prayer?
1: Absolutely. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Heavenly mm-hmm. father, we thank you for the gift of, of the scriptures uh, that you have given us and, and how they have been transmitted to us through your saints, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we ask that you would um, give us a hunger to encounter you in, in these stories that have been recorded for us and handed down onto us, that that we would meet you, the, the living and resurrected Savior, Jesus, uh, in, in the scriptures. Um, and not just in a, in a television series or a movie, but but in the page and in, in the living word, and that you would convict our hearts and that uh, we would grow in relationship with you and in love of you and of your Father and of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and we praise you. And may the blessing of Almighty God come upon each and every one of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The
0: Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's F A I T H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to wwwbecomefirefaith give. That's becomefire.faith slash give.
1: May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.